Welcome to Fortitude Live. I am your host, Ian the Rhino, and this is episode 13 of the Fortitude Live podcast. On this episode, we bring on the show Rachel Daniels, Rookie of the Year and uh, seventh place in the world, uh, women's Olympian in the physique division. Um, this is a pretty cool episode. Rachel's a good friend of mine. Uh, we actually met at the MI40 gym while I was there training. <laughs> she said she spotted my traps and was like, oh, I want to be friends with him. <laughs> it's a pretty good episode, though. We were just hanging out and you know, decided to record. And uh, it actually turned into probably one of my favorite episodes, I have to say. Um, she's probably one of the most real people I know. And I vibe well with her because... I try to be pretty authentic as well, and we don't hold any punches here. Um, we start out kind of talking about uh, where she came from, you know, her upbringing growing up, um, some of the uh, adversity she faced as a teenager, um, and then we kind of have a little aside talking about some funny college stories that both of us experienced and kind of laugh about and joke about for a little while. And then there's a brief period where there's like a mini reintro because she threw on her Instagram live. Um, so we were kind of like dual recording at the same time. But um, And then things get a little bit more serious. And uh, she talks about some, some struggles she faced with uh, a, a relationship or two she was in in her mid-20s. Um, and things get pretty heavy. But that was that might have been one of my favorite parts of the episode because most people don't talk about that sort of thing. But she's, she's fucking real, and I really, really appreciated her being that vulnerable because I think that's the kind of thing that really uh, connects with and helps a lot of people. Um, and then after that, we kind of go and delve into you know, bodybuilding for her and you know, what, what's next for her. And um, she plugs herself, talks about her business. She does posing coaching. Um, she sells some training plans. She works with people on nutrition, supplementation, all those things. Um, so I'm super excited for you guys to hear this episode. Uh, as always, this episode is brought to you by Fortitude Sports Performance. Um, you can visit us at uh, www.fortitudesportsperformance.com and check out the one-on-one coaching service um, if you want to work on training, mindset, lifestyle, etc. with yours truly. Um, we we'll also do uh, nutrition coaching if you really, really feel like you need focused help and accountability when it comes to nutrition. And if you're looking to uh, jump along on my style of training, uh, training that's kind of helped me maintain a very, very above average, above average level of uh, strength, stamina, conditioning, flexibility, etc. You can find some of my methods in the uh, Fortitude Training subscription where I offer two programs currently, um, although by the time this episode comes out, there might be a third or even the fourth. So check them out. One is powerlifting related and one is uh, overall strength, congi- conditioning, general physical preparedness, structural balance through bodybuilding, all kind of rolled up and combined into one. It's very, very suitable if you are a service profession like law enforcement, military, uh, firefighters, or overall just want to be a well-rounded athlete and maintain a, a base year-round. Anyways, guys, check out and enjoy the episode. Please like, share, subscribe, throw it up on Instagram, tag me, tag Rachel, tag Fortitude Sports Performance, and we hope you enjoy this one. It's a really, really good episode. Take it easy. So when I was in school, when I was younger, and someone would get the hiccups, right? Like, my solution that my mom taught me was to 
Scare them. No. No. I'm getting to that. You kind of just ruined the story. Oh, sorry. <laughs> mm. my, my solution that my mom taught me was to drink. You had to, like, chug water for 10 seconds and, like, to the point that you started to, like. Die? Like, no, not die. Like, you had to, like, you had to hold your breath and do it. So, so after you hold your breath to a certain point, you start to like feel the need to breathe and you'd be like, Oh shit. And then like, you would not have the hiccups anymore. Mm. But I think that's kind of this, like maybe like the fear of like not having breathed in a second. Well, yeah. Usually hiccups are just an involuntary response from your diaphragm. Like, and it's usually caused by like, but then in school, in school, someone had it and the teacher took him and they had him. They said, all right, like stand up on the top of your desk. Like we're all just sitting down and this kid was like so freaked out by getting singled out because we're in what, like seventh grade or eighth grade. And so every kid and, you know, every kid in existence is insecure, Mm. right? And nobody wants to be singled out or made the center of attention in like an an awkward way. And so this kid's like, "What, what, me, really? And he gets up, stands on top of the table and everybody's staring at him and he could have easily pissed his pants. And then, like, 20 seconds later, he was like, oh, wait, I don't have the hiccups anymore. I don't know. Maybe you got distracted. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. So, so yeah. Um, what was the moral of that story, Ian? I don't know. I just, it was fun. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was pretty, it was interesting. I just figured I'd open with that. Um, so, I'm here with uh, Rachel Daniels' recent seventh place finisher at the Olympia. It yeah. was her first Olympia ever. And, um, you know, I know a little bit about you because I kind of know you a little bit, <laughs> you do. but, um, I'd like to, let's, let's kind of rewind a little bit and why don't you give everybody a little bit of your background? Cause people follow you on Instagram, you know, people see mm-hmm. you post your extremely creative poser, you, you know, you're strong as shit in the gym. You go hard, you know, you're very artistic and expressive, you know, people have compared you to Kai Green to some extent mm-hmm. and like that's, that's a pretty badass analogy. You know, that's a pretty badass comparison to have. Cause he's, you know, he's one of the best bodybuilders out there. And, um, you know, so that, and, and I know in that comparison, I think that, um, I think that you like to say, no, I'm not him. I'm me, you know, Yes. but, um, you know me, yeah, you're yourself. You don't want to be anyone else. Yeah. And I get it. I mean, I know what they're trying to say. Like, I, I understand what people are trying to say. They're like, oh, she's the next Kai yeah. Green. She's the next Dana Bay. You're but, like, no, fuck you. I'm me. Yeah. When I, w- I want, I want people to be like, that's fucking Rachel Daniels. And the next girl that comes along, they're going to be like, you're going to be like the next Rachel Daniels. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hell oh. yeah. Nobody's going to be like me. Hell yeah. And bodybuilding's just not going to be the same when I'm done with it. Yeah. So, so you're pretty new to the scene. Why don't you, for everyone listening, you know, a lot of my, a lot of my listeners aren't, you know, necessarily super into not not necessarily into it, but they just maybe don't follow it, maybe aren't super familiar with it. Why don't you kind of take us back and like tell us who you are? Give us a little bit of uh, an intro about yourself. Maybe over the next like ten to fifteen minutes, you can um, give us your story a little bit. Just brag give, about myself. Yeah, <laughs> give us your spiel. What's right. your stick? My, sh- my spiel. <laughs> your spiel. <laughs> my spiel. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um. Okay. So. Oh, how do I make this? How old are you? Where are you from? I'm 28 years old. Okay. I was from Clearwater, Florida. Mm-hmm. I was adopted when I was two weeks old by two amazing parents. I have a sister uh, yeah. from a different birth family. Mm-hmm. 
We were both raised in a great home. My parents are still together. Mm-hmm. Um, Their grocery bill is too high. They just couldn't handle it. I know. <laughs> I'm always like, can I move back in? <laughs> <laughs> but no, they're the best. And they're my guardian angels. I always say that because I, I was a pretty troubled kid. Like mm-hmm. I was good. Oh, that makes two of us. Yeah, I got in so much trouble, man. I was, like, always fucking in juvie. I got kicked out of a couple schools. I was always a good student, though. Mm. Like, I always managed to keep my grades up. It was just... You are just pissed off. Yeah, it was just the authority. I had a problem with authority. People trying to tell you what to do? Yeah, but I I was also an angry kid. I think my... I think being adopted when I was younger, you know, that... Uh, left you with a lot of questions, Left maybe. me a lot of anger, questions, pain, kind of, yeah. that my parents didn't have the answers to. So yeah. I uh, I think I adopted this lashing out at the world tendency mm-hmm. pretty young. And, mm-hmm. you know, from experience, it's pretty obvious that when people are in uh, pain, it comes out as, like, anger or yeah. they get into trouble. So that's how the kind of kid I was. And yeah. Then, um, and then, you know, I, I went to college. Mm. I was a competitive gymnast my whole life. So oh, I was a junior Olympic nationally ranked gymnast. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my whole life mm-hmm. when I was younger. Mm-hmm. That's really probably the only sport that I truly, truly like mm-hmm. really loved. And then, um, could you, so you did like, like cartwheels and handsprings and all kinds of yeah. stuff yeah yeah i was level eight so i was um yeah did you do like i uh, was right up there i did beam um like, like floor routines or yeah. things like that so you do a couple different events you do vault beam floor and uneven bars mm-hmm. um i was the best on the bars mm-hmm. and uh floor no deadlift sure. no dead no weight lifting. <laughs> oh, all of our stuff was uh, just body weight stuff but it was great. I mean, because I mean, I think it, it set me up to be a bodybuilder. Like, I, mm. I didn't have a ton of muscle, but I had body awareness, gymnastics. Yeah, I for had kids body is... awareness. I had the endurance. I had the my muscles were already, I guess, I don't want to say mature, but mm-hmm. they were ready to. You had that kinesthetic awareness yes. that, that you were able to um, mm-hmm. kind of apply to whatever. You know, I did gymnastics as a kid myself. And. I swear it was probably one of the best things in yeah, terms of athleticism absolutely. that my parents could have done for me, especially at that developmental age of like yeah, that's 10, where 11, it's 12. Key. That's yeah. where it's key when and you're I, growing. I think it cemented so hard because I'm able to apply that and pretty much succeed at an above average level at a pretty rapid pace um, for whatever athletic endeavor I choose, whether it's jujitsu, CrossFit, weightlifting, yeah, exactly. you know, powerlifting. It's like I don't, I don't have to spend the time. It's like, it's, I would compare it to, they, some books um, talk about the 10,000 hour rule, which means that like it takes 10,000 hours to master any type of right. you know, new endeavor, whether it's like a guitar or playing golf or any of these things. And so when it comes to like a sport or when it comes to, you know, uh, like, like bodybuilding or CrossFit or uh, baseball or football or any of these things it's all movement, right? Like I think people, I think people are trying to define these things in too limited of a context and too limited, limited of a category. So like, if you think about it, right, if you look at, if you take away the category and you look at it as like athletic movement and you think about like 
10,000 hours of athletic movement to basically mastering. We already put our time in. Yeah, to mastering the kinesthetic awareness of your body than like any individual who's played multiple sports their whole life growing up. Right. You know, after a while, you accumulate 10,000 hours and you, you basically have gotten to a point where you've mastered your body and understanding how the muscles work and how mm-hmm. to move and how to activate things and, you know, and yeah. the ability to flex certain parts of your body that other yeah. people are like, especially what? we don't have weights. Cause mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's almost harder mm-hmm. to connect with things. Like if yep. the weights are, mm-hmm. so we didn't have any weight. So mm-hmm. it was, it was very, yeah. very, you had to be very, my mind muscle connection just, was already established when yeah. I was young. Just which the is, positional awareness. Yeah. It's all great. And mm-hmm. I mean, it, when I look back, it helped me with so much because then I had back surgery mm-hmm. when I was yeah. 14. I mm-hmm. I had scoliosis, so I didn't have it. That's genetic, and mm-hmm. I didn't have any medical history. My parents didn't have any medical history to look mm-hmm. out for that. How so, did you How did you first figure out that you had that? I was at the pediatrician just for a checkup, and, you know, they, like, make you bend over and touch your toes. So it, like, kind of subtly came on as you yeah, were, that, like... Yeah, that's just, like, the minor check they do. Yeah. And when they make you do that, they're just trying to see if your spine sure. I has remember any doing scoliosis. That. Yeah, and most people don't. But they were like, you look like you got a little something. Like, you should go see a... Get, you should get an x-ray. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the x-ray, and they're like, you need to see a spine surgeon, girl. Because yeah. it really... They started to see it develop, and I yeah, think and they I, liked to I was it. right around 11, 12... Because that's when I start going to puberty, right? So mm-hmm. you're not even going to see scoliosis get too bad usually mm-hmm. um, until those years when everything starts really rapidly growing. So uh-huh. once that happened, you know, my spine surgeon was like, he was like, yeah, you have pretty bad scoliosis and um, you need to wear a brace mm-hmm. like 23 hours a day except for when you shower. And I, re- I'm like, I remember a friend of mine when I was younger having to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was like, you're like, fuck that. I'm not uh, going to be like, that kid. I was like, bro, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm also a gymnast. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I can't wear a brace all day. I'm not yeah. doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't. Then I'm, by the time I was around 14, he, I came back for another checkup. He said, by this time it was getting hard for me to like, you know, walk up the stairs. So, so like, he wanted you to wear a brace. You didn't. And it progressed a little bit. A lot of it. A lot so of this it. was the okay. first time I saw him was I was 11. Now I'm 14. Oh, shit. I go back to him and um, he's like, but he was like, honestly, the brace probably wouldn't have done anything. Yeah. Your case is just pretty severe. Yeah. It probably would have just done this on its own. But yeah. um, so you stubborn motherfucker. Yeah. I was like, well, good thing I didn't <laughs> fucking wear it then because it was bullshit and it looked yeah. like an asshole. <laughs> and your fucking brace for you, a couple. You, you How would, pissed would you be if you wore this fucking brace religiously it, for like three years? Cause you were work. like, yeah. Cause you were like, this is it. This yeah, is the fix. You're, you're not getting asked to any school dances with that thing on. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm already, I already a fucking tomboy. Give me a fucking break. I'm it's not like working. Rachel, the tin man over there. Exactly. Can you imagine? Kids are so mean. Like they would have yeah. just, I was, I was mean too. Oh, one, of, one of my deadly. one of my friend's older sisters had to wear a brace like that for a year, and she wore it under her shirt every day for like a year. It's and I'm just fucking like, like four inches thick, dude. It's a it's a hard, rigid plastic torso case. It doesn't really work. Like honestly, it's yeah. It's dude, I mean, if and you think about it, right? You think about it, and it's like, what good alternative is there to that? Because you put this thing on, and it's gonna it like can't like how much you're right like how much does it even work because just thinking about it myself it's like what it's kind of the equivalent of wearing like a massive weight belt across yeah, your body it's like, like it's like they're trying to cor- they're mm-hmm. trying to if your spine is growing they're trying to cor- 
correct the, the direction of yeah. growth, obviously, yeah. and keep it as straight. So they use an external support, which also is what? Going to atrophy all your muscles. Exactly. Too, so you know? a lot of people were like, and I have that a lot of people today, or when I did get into bodybuilding yeah. or this and that, they're like, are you sure you want to be a bodybuilder? Like, isn't that really dangerous for yeah. your spine? Or like, it's like, no, you need no, the yeah. actually, I think the reason that I healed so well, cause mm -hmm. I, they told me that I was going to be out for yeah. like, uh, a year or so. Yeah. And I think the reason doctors are always shitty with their prognosis, <laughs> bro. Yeah. My doctor had no bedtime. He was very honest, yeah. like brutally, but he, uh, he was like, yeah, it's going to take like a year. Your life's not going to be the same, mm. blah, blah, blah. Um, he was like, like, fuck he that. was like, if you don't do that, if you don't get this surgery, he told me straight up, he was like, you're going to die by, you won't see your 20th birthday. Like you're, <laughs> I start crying. My mom's like, okay, can we drop this on her a different way? Like we're in the waiting. I'm like, I just came from my second fucking visit with you. I'm like, I'm like fucking 14. Dude. <laughs> Wait, like, well, you, you're, you're telling me I'm not going to see my 20th birthday? <laughs> How the fuck is that going to happen? Because I was just trying to put it in perspective. He's telling me I need this major surgery. Yeah. And I'm like, so like what happens if I don't get it? Like, you know, I'm trying yeah. to get the gauge. I'm like, yeah. how yeah. necessary yeah. is yeah. this? Give me the and context. He was like, mm, well, you know, you'll probably won't make it to your 20th birthday. Your basically your spine will push onto your oh. uh, major organs to oh. the certain point where your your lungs will collapse and you'll suffocate. I'm he like, might, he might have thought that he might have he was giving you like the shittiest prognosis possible. Well, he's a brilliant spine surgeon, and, yeah. but you know how doctors are; they're yeah. just very like, he was oh, here, you, this is it. Yeah. He was giving you a shitty prognosis and like. I don't know. I would see, like, from my medical knowledge, I'm just from having worked in the ICU and quite a bit and self-educating and things like that, I, w I would have thought that before any organ issue would have arisen, I would have thought that you would have potentially started to experience, like, where there would probably be a main point, like, between one of your two of your vertebrae where, like, your spinal column would have started getting compressed. And I think you would have started noticing, like, reduced sensation below that. I would have, I would have thought that that would have been the... Um, what you would I didn't have the... too much. I had a lot of pain and yeah. it would be getting worse because I could feel of course pain. It was definitely pushing mm. on my, my diaphragm and my lungs because, yeah. you know, by the it's end, worse. even walking up the stairs was hard or yeah. just like standing mm. up for like five minutes. Yeah. Cause I used to like sing in the choir and You're stuff. Tired, and, and, yeah. Like I fatigued. was, I had to sit down, things yeah. like that. But, um, it wasn't supporting. So now I got that surgery. It was like, they put two what titanium so they put, rods? Yeah, they gave me two titanium rods. You have a on, massive scar up your back. Yeah, covered by an epic tattoo though. Yeah, and I didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> know, a lot of people think I did, but so the the rods are on either side of my spine, yep. and I kind of describe it like a bowling ball. Like sure. if my spine's a bowling ball and you're throwing it down an alley, yeah. right? It can't go crooked because it's got those, the bumpers. Yep, those so, gutters keep it. So those bumpers are my titanium rods either uh -huh. side of my spine. Yep. And then I have 24 screws and six hooks. Okay. And so they put that shit all in. They had to go mm. in there and cut cut a bunch of shit too. Uh -huh. Like all my tendons, all my... Yeah. They rearranged everything. And um, so what you're basically saying is you're like Wolverine. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Except I don't like have a fucking movie about myself. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, you hear it. I say, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so you did, they did that, man. It was a huge surgery. I got a couple blood transfusions as an ICU for a week. I had to learn how to walk again. You probably gave those nurses a hard time, eh? Bro, they quit. <laughs> Some of them quit. Fuck literally. off. Yeah, no, I responded so bad to morphine. 
Like, fun fact about me, don't ever give me morphine because I am a bitch. <laughs> no, like I was... Really? Are you sure it's morphine? Oh, my God. My, my family still taught, right? <laughs> it brings out your natural... <laughs> your natural personality. Oh, it, like it made me... So, and they said that happens to some people, pain meds, I guess. But yeah. like I was so yeah. violent. Like I was uh-huh. calling these... Yeah. nurses incompetent well think of like, maybe it's like being drunk right you get drunk and it kind of like I, I obviously alcohol inhibits your frontal lobe which is impulse control yeah. but it's like i don't know man maybe it maybe it does something like that and yeah it's like fucking no filter no i remember f- i had this like butt Damn. they had this morphine button like in my hospital bed and i could press it yeah. to get my morphine and yeah, it would just painful. go right into mm-hmm. my yeah but i i it only released like every like yeah. I don't know thirty minutes or Dude, no an fil- hour. No filter, angry teenage Rachel. I would not want to fuck with that as a nurse. Bro, I'd when, be like, bro, I'm, I'd be like, boss, I'm calling out sick. Fuck when, this. When I told you I was just sitting there with the button all day like this. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, it's not gonna release. I'm uh, like, oh, but when it's ready, yeah. it's coming. Like Jesus I'm getting Christ. the first one. That shit was yeah. That shit was fucking painful. I bet. Man, um, I, bet. I didn't have any. I still don't. Honestly, I still don't have a feeling in my left hip. Yeah, yeah, you have some. You 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 kind of you kind of fight some uh, some contralateral issues because of that. I fight a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of issues mm-hmm. uh, because of my back. But uh-huh. you know, bodybuilding is um, an illusion. Yeah. Right. So we want you obviously want to look symmetrical. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a big factor mm-hmm. for me i have to do i have to do a lot with uh-huh. my training and uh-huh. my posing to look i don't want to say like the average bodybuilder but I, so i can keep up with someone who doesn't have a deformed spine sure basically. yeah well i mean the if you if you're lacking the um if you're lacking the the and we can talk training for a little bit if you're lacking the that thoracic flexion and extension then there's certain muscles that are responsible for that movement and so yeah. if you don't have that movement there then it's harder to develop those muscles yeah so i have two mm-hmm. two lumbars that aren't fused yeah and my whole thoracic's fused mm-hmm. um my cervical's not mm-hmm. so if you just think about that like mm-hmm. i've had a lot of issues um i mean first of all the fact that i've grown my back is like already awesome yeah um but for me like it's, all, it's i'm very glute dominant right yep. because i mm-hmm. don't have all I really have is the hinge, the yeah. hip hinge. You're like, you're stuck in place from, yeah. From up so I'm great at fucking like sumos and yeah. shit. I love that shit. Yeah, that's why that booty pops. Right. <laughs> and no, I honestly think though, honestly, I do yeah. have really strong glutes. Yeah. And I think that a lot of that is because yeah. well, I've had, they've mm-hmm. compensated for my lower back stuff. And 100%. like, but my lower back has suffered too. If you like, I mean, it's not, it's not terrible, but Maybe it's, the, it's your thickness. Yeah, well, just development of my lower back yeah. is very hard because mm-hmm. I don't have that. Mm-hmm. I don't have any range yeah. to use that. Yeah, um, but, but really. fuck that. You went to the Olympia. But fuck that, right? I was thinking, <laughs> you know, I was thinking that too. Like, I was like, fuck looking at this back double. I'm like, that. I have a fucking broken ass spine and I'm yeah. beating girls with great spines. Yeah, I don't that see shit too. made me feel so good. Yeah. I'm like, what if I had a, what if I had a straight spine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you, no. I, thinking about that and just kind of, thinking about how different your development would be your back would probably be fucking huge nasty it'd oh prob- yeah just if probably I had str- access to all that it'd probably be a strong suit like a strong point like you probably beat yeah. people with it well it's still a strong point don't get it twisted oh. <laughs> still okay. pretty good fucking right. back in all right attitude over there. Again, take that from me <laughs> um um so so you you know you you got this surgery you seemingly rehabbed from it right you rehabbed you i you walked around the pool 
time and time again. Your mm. mom helped you, had your back. Oh, my sweet mother. Sounds like that was probably one of your first, ex- like, an experience you had that really, really started to ingrain that mental toughness and that resilience. Mm. Just yeah, doing that. It was at a young age, developmental age. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, I never had any health issues. Like, I'd never had yeah. anything as a child. Like, that's a really, really difficult thing to overcome. It was kind of just one day, like blindside. Like, you need yeah. massive surgery. You might die on the yeah. table. Like, but we need it, or you'll die another yeah. way. And I just, you know, it was the summer before high school, and yeah, I went in, um, and I I got it, and my mom, like you said, she'd walk with me. You know, I was, and my parents, thank God, too, were on the same page about, like, whenever you feel ready to get up, like, get up. They yeah. never were like, oh, take it easy, ever. You yeah. know what I mean? Other parents would always be like, oh, my God, are you going to let her do that? Like, Yeah. Because my dad would. Like, he'd let me, you know, he'd be like, she, she's like, going to go, climb to the top of the fucking rope. She's going to do, do flips. They like, didn't put limitations right. on Right. And I, it was so important because I, I don't think I realized it till now that if I, if they would have kind of instilled that like oh, handicap mentality 100%. in me back then like hey you can't you can't Victor do that mentality. remember because you're different you would have gone nowhere exactly they never did they were like if there's, you feel like you can do yeah. it do it and um so there's, there's people i didn't mean to cut you off there <laughs> i just want to say there's people that are uh 30 40 50 that still have that victim mentality absolutely that's why they stay in their comfort zone they stay complacent yeah well i used to do i did that on a lot of sh- shit too mm-hmm. but i had to we all grow out of it. Yeah. Well, no, not all of us. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Some of us. Um, yeah. So and my mom would walk around the screened-in pool with me mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. That Sometimes it would take us an hour to do like three laps around the pool. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we're just walking and I'm just holding onto her arm because mm-hmm. it's just so weird. I, I couldn't feel the whole left side of my body for months. Yeah. And I was like, is this going to come back? And mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, we'll eventually. I still don't feel a little bit in some parts, but yeah. You know, they they went in there and ripped my back open and, and sewed it all back together mm-hmm. in different spots and shit. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I, but I made it to my first day of high school, so yeah. I got that surgery in July. Mm-hmm. And in a month, I was I was in school. New back, who dis? Yeah, <laughs> I hate you. I was like, y'all ain't gonna make fun of me. I ain't got no fucking brace on. It's inside, can't see it, bitch. But no, the only thing is, when I when I'd be in class and I'd fall asleep, I'd be like this. Like my posture, <laughs> yeah. like people are like, why is she <laughs> sitting so she retarded? straight? Like um, just my head's like bobbing the <laughs> fuck so over. Funny. But so funny. no, I didn't use my fucking PE note. I did everything, and I mean, I couldn't. I I did a back handspring one time after my uh, surgery. I did it at my doctor's office uh-huh. when I came back to see him. You're like, for what's my, up, bitch? For my six month visit, <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna show you something, and I did yeah, it. The guy, the, to- the guy that told you you were gonna die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, yep. Fuck. I did it in his hallway, and he, he was probably, like, did, you know, he probably, he's probably using reverse psychology on you. He I hope pro- so. He probably saw how like fiery you were and how much attitude you had. And he well, was like, he, yeah, he's like a top surgeon. I looked a lot around yeah. about him. Well, psychology. Yeah, I looked a lot about him, and he's like, he would go to like India, like for like four months out of mm-hmm. the year, and do surgery on like a bunch of kids for mm-hmm. free and shit who can have it. And like, so you see, he has to be some sort of good dude. I think he's yeah. just very fucking honest. Yeah. But, he but, was like, I'm going to tell this girl she's going to die and she's literally going to internalize it and become a fucking badass. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> like, I made you. 
<laughs> I'm going to talk to him one day. He's going to be like, I knew. Yeah. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> so so fast forward a little bit and you kind of move, you know, you go through high yeah. school. You do, do high school things. You still become a shithead. And still become a shithead. <laughs> uh, went deeper into the shit. Um, I couldn't flip anymore, really. You yeah. know, I just fused. So I... Uh, I was like actually in this like crazy depression. It's almost you know, it's almost like an you know, an athlete that's their career and then they suffer an injury. It's like so I I, I started going through all that. I was like bit this, of an identity crisis. Yes, absolutely. It was like yeah. that cuz that's where I was going. I was going to the Olympics for gymnastics and mm-hmm. that's all I wanted to do and Damn. that's what I had seen, you know. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's uh it's gone and yeah. it's like what do you have left and that's kind of like what we were talking about the yeah. other day of separating your identity your work yep. and your creative consciousness from mm-hmm. from who you are mm-hmm. um and like i said you know i've never been good at balance and i don't think yeah. the best people are but um so yeah so i moved on to dance because i was like mm-hmm. i was getting kicked out of schools and my mom actually picked me up and brought me to a dance studio well, i think dance is almost would i was almost like a derivative of gymnastics yeah, exactly, and yep. and they knew that. And Smart. My, my parents made good moves, man. They didn't like take like I, I remember I got kicked out of school because I was so I was just oh, I was just angry. And yeah. um, my mom didn't take me home and like lock me in my room. She mm-hmm. took me to uh, a dance studio mm-hmm. and she dropped me off. And she was like, "I'll be back at this time." You got good ass parents, dude. I know. You should take them out to eat sometime. Shut up. It's because <laughs> I'm in prep. You're fucking cock. <laughs> No, I do. They're, they're, they're. I'm just kidding with you. No, but they are. Like, I, know, I think I about it so much. Like, yeah. where I would be without them. It yeah. was. They made. They made such good parenting decisions. Yep. Even if I didn't recognize them at the time. Now I'm like things that were very difficult in yeah. the short term. That I'm like, that, how did you know that's what I needed? Things that caused conflict at the time that were good for you long term. They did delayed gratification. Yeah, but I'm like, how did you see that? I mm-hmm. just needed to be redirected they, instead of seeing what mm-hmm. everyone else saw mm-hmm. of like just this fucked up evil kid who yeah. needs to be punished. Like, yeah. you know, and they did. They they redirected that energy yeah. and. I think that was like so monumental for my development. Um, and I, so I started dancing and I was really mm-hmm. fucking good at dancing. Yep. Started doing, um, I had like a little crew, like a little five group no, thing. We did, uh, yeah, we did backup dancing for a lot of How old were you then? famous people. This was from when I was like 14 till like 17. We, okay. I danced with a lot. I danced with Chris Brown, Christina Aguilera, no Justin Bieber, you were one of those, Rihanna. Uh, you were one of those extras in the back with like a mask yes, on doing something crazy. Yes, it was. Crazy. Sure no was. Shit. Yeah. I didn't know this about you. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. I. It was. I was so young. Like I. Yeah. Half the clubs and and venues we were performing in, like I wasn't. We weren't even allowed in. Like I wasn't even that. I wasn't old enough. You're getting an underage because you're a dad. Yeah, exactly. Like, they like, put X's on your wrists. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I realized it, but but we made it, we we traveled all over. Like we did oh, so many people. And was this was, based out of Clearwater locally? It was, like but we got studio. we got booked all over. No shit. Um, but it was like a a crew you had to audition for, yeah. so only like four or five people got picked. But well, now I know why you love that so much. Oh, I, I was I didn't realize the extent that you had done it too. Yeah, my heart. Oh, I, lo- I loved it. And I mean, once I started dancing, I started doing theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it like hip hop dance or like? Hip hop was always like my forte because mm-hmm. um, 
that's just what I've, that's just was my heart, you know, but music you listen to. I definitely did ballet. Um, You're pretty hood. Yeah. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a pretty gangster. Uh, I'm an emotional gangster. I cry like one, at least once a month. So oh my God. It's, uh, you cried like twice today. Yeah. Right? Oh my God. Don't fucking tell I'm me. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. This is why I can't tell you secrets, <laughs> <Ian>. <laughs> <laughs> No, but uh, what the fuck was I saying? I, um... So dancing traveling. Yes, so I loved dancing, but I think it um it started to become the job, uh-huh. right? So we started getting a lot more shows, getting a lot more uh exposure and it was like kind of the point where it's like are we going to make this our career and mm. and it kind of got competitive on the crew and mm. like politics and I was like, you know, I don't I'm not doing this cuz I love it now. Um so yeah. I kind of just fucking, after that, I went to college, mm-hmm. kind of went in a deep asshole there. Don't remember a lot party? of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The dark days. I went to University of Alabama. I literally went there because I liked their football team. Uh-huh. And they were roll a huge, huge party school for World Tide Roll. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. I, I should. Um, Tuscaloosa. Ooh. Boy, <laughs> if I showed you some, somebody's got something somewhere. Maybe. Wait, wait, wait. Real quick. We're going to do an aside, and I want you to tell a crazy college story, and I'm going to tell a crazy college story. Oh, my God. I like that. <laughs> and we'll see whose college story wins. Okay. This is actually really good. I've actually been wanting <clears throat> to do this. So this comes up perfect. Okay. So I fucking... <laughs> <laughs> you're about to put this out to like uh, like hundreds of people too oh my god let's go well, let's, here go. We go. let's fucking go i am the real lois lane i gotta keep it real <laughs> yeah you gotta keep it so real. first year freshman year i fucking um alabama was like winning all the fucking football titles what, what right? year are they not doing that yeah exactly um so we had just won the champ the championship everyone's like on the strip which is like one road downtown where all the bars are they shut it all down everyone mm-hmm. just can walk around and drink and um, stuff on the street. So, like, yeah. we're on the strip, like, just fucking. First of all, I was wearing this shirt, my roommate's from Beijing, right? So, she brought me one of those, like, I Heart New York, but it said I Heart BJ. Oh. And I, like, didn't think about it. So, I'm, like, walking around this I Heart BJ shirt on that's, like, <laughs> about Beijing. Jesus so, it looked Christ. like an. I'm just trying to give you an idea of, like, how much of an asshole I looked like. I had a shaved head in college, too. So, it looked like fucking. Natalie Portman's sis and what, me for Vendetta. Right, what I, I almost want to ask context, but I don't want you to lose track of your story. So just like I'll come back to it. Okay, I looked fucking cool. Yeah. I'll put it that right. way. I'm I sure. rocked it well. Yeah, you can't do that without confidence. Yeah. So okay, so we're all it's kind uh, of yeah. <laughs> You're like yeah, kind of, kind of like no. <laughs> <laughs> Jackass. No, so I I um. I was so fucked up. There was this cop car in the middle of the road, and I just, like, got on the top of the cop car. You start twerking. And I started just, like, dancing and, like, getting everyone so hyped. Like, I got this whole crowd, like, lit as fuck, and then it was becoming an issue, right? And now all that tension's on me. So this cop comes over. you loved it. You loved it. I'm not going to lie to you. I like me some attention. Yeah. I'm a performer. So... This, all of a sudden, I feel somebody grab my ankle, <laughs> yoke my ass down. It was a fucking cop, and he puts me in, uh, puts me in handcuffs, puts me in the back of the car. Yeah. Um, and by the time he was putting me in the car, this other fucking kid had jumped on the roof <laughs> and was was, doing, was, was doing, doing the same thing, trying to be a young Rachel Daniels. Yeah. And I'm like, 
You ain't me. So he, he, <laughs> so he didn't close the door all the way, uh-huh. right? And he started running to grab this guy. And he just, so I just fucking kicked that shit. And, like, my hands are still cuffed behind my back. Get the fuck out. And just fucking booked it. Oh, my God. So I ran, like, probably a mile to my dorm. Like a fucking chicken. Handcuffed. Yeah. Like, like a, my hands are still like you probably cuffed behind my back. You probably running Yeah, fucking like an asshole. I'm wearing an I Love BJ shirt <laughs> with fucking <laughs> handcuffs. Jesus. People are like, who the fuck? Fuck, where did you dude. come from? What fucking dude. Fifty Shades of Grey movie did oh you sneak God. out of? That's hilarious. And I'm just like trying to like, I'm on the elevator, dude. like going up to my room, like it's not what it looks like. <laughs> like, <laughs> Stop. Oh my God. And my, my fucking roommate, like there's. You get the fuck Yeah, out. they had some keys or some, we got some universal handcuff Yeah, keys like a paper clip or something. Him got him off. <laughs> Motherfucker. And then we went back out to the fucking strip. And you went back out and kept yeah, partying? I just didn't get out in the car last time. Yeah. <laughs> I threw up a little bit. So. That might be the greatest fucking that, story I mean, that, that was, I've ever That heard. was one of the milder ones. Oh, my God. So. <laughs> wow. All right, my story. My story is, like, not not that bad at all. It was just, like, kind of funny. I um I, I went to school in Gainesville when I was in college for a couple of years, and um, there's a tailgate. And uh, I was late to the tailgate because I'm fucking late to everything. It's like it's like my curse. I, I, I think I get it from my mom. Mm. Um, just try to do too much shit, and I tell myself there will be only green lights, and I'll get there in five minutes. And then it's like there's a car accident. Are you fucking psycho. Yeah, and um, and so I get there. It's late. There's like 30 minutes till the game starts. Everyone's hammered. I'm like kind of a noob, and I'm like shit. I need to get on everyone's level. So they had this. Uh, they had this. It was like a big Tupperware container, and they had filled it up with beer and then they filled it up with handles of vodka and they took pink lemonade mix and dumped that in to make it taste sweet and like mask the shittiness of it all Mm. and they probably threw in some fruit or some bullshit and we played flip cup with it and so i played like seven or eight games of flip cup so i'm literally chugging straight beer and vodka with like a ton of sugar in it and um and like I, i'm downing these all back to back like not letting them really sink in and so i just have a belly full of <sighs> belly full of beer and liquor like oh i know you're getting God. nauseated just thinking about it and so it's in there it's all sloshing i feel for you bro i've yeah, been there it's all just sloshing around you and, know and, you know it's coming and we yep and we like i'm a retard i'm a young college student like i don't know shit you know yeah we're all fucking pounding natty lights yeah and uh, yep and, shit. and so so i'm going to uh the game walking to the game because we the house we were at was nearby it was kind of downtown gainesville by ben hall griffin stadium and we're walking to the um we're walking to the stadium and i'm getting more and more drunk as i get there and we go into the stadium. I'm with a couple of buddies, and we get to our seats. We're on the alumni side. And this whole time, I'm getting consistently more and more and more drunk. It's like a countdown to passing out. Mm. And, um, and we... We should go live while we do this. Keep going. It's like a, it's like a countdown to, um, to passing out. And I go there. I sit down, and I sit down in my seat. And we're playing South Carolina. And... Um, <laughs> You're killing me right now. No, don't. <laughs> so, so we're we're sitting down. Uh, South Carolina's playing, and um, they run the first playback as a touchdown, and I have to pee really bad. And so I'm like, all right, guys, like I'm gonna go to the bathroom. So I walk up, I go in the bathroom, and by this point I'm stumbling because I'm getting consistently more and more drunk. So by this point I'm stumbling, and I make it to the bathroom, and I get to a stall. And I'm going in to like try to pee 
and I think I lose my balance. I don't really remember a whole lot at this point, but um, I get to the stall. I think I'm trying to pee. Like, I can't stand up because I'm so retarded. And, um, yeah, I can't stand up because I'm so retarded. And so, like, I, th- I, I literally leave my pants on, but my fly's unzipped, and I'm trying to, like, pee sitting down with my pants still on, and I just pass out. I literally just pass the fuck out on the toilet. Poor baby. I pass the fuck out on the toilet in the first, uh, in the first quarter, and... You sound like a fucking freshman bitch. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I probably was a freshman. I and was a like, bi- a, and a bitch. Yeah, and probably a little bit of a bitch. <laughs> and uh, and so I pass out on the toilet, and the next thing I know, I'm waking up, and there's a, like a really bright LED flashlight shining straight in my face, and I can't see shit because it's so bright, and all I hear is a, "Sir, are you okay? Are you oh, okay?" God. Yep. And I was like, like, "I would be better if you weren't shining that fucking bright ass light in my face." <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I'm just like kind of oblivious, like I'm obviously still fucked up. And I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. I don't even know my first name. Yeah, <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. Like, I don't know how long that I've been there. You, know, you might want to just, like, turn that vertical. Turn it vertical. So, yeah. There you don't go. fucking tell me what to do. Maybe make it go the other way. Oh, my God, Ian. There you go. Nope. And then turn it, up. turn it upside down. Turn it the other way. Why? If you go like this and then... You go like this. It's just... Okay. And then you go live. That's actually a good idea. I know, because I'm smart. like, you're just, <laughs> just trying to steal my fucking spotlight. No, I'm not trying to steal your spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so the cop wakes me up. This isn't going to get both of us. Yeah, but you got to you put it at an angle. It'll be fine. And so the cop wakes me up, and he's, he asks me, Sir, do you know where you're going? And I'm like, uh, I somehow... I literally, somehow I remember, um, I remember the address of where the house is at. I remember the address and, um, and I'm like, yeah, it's like, uh, it's like Northwest, you know, 32nd street, blah, 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 you know, on this cul-de-sac. And he's like, okay. And I don't have no idea how I, I have no idea how I remembered. Um, I have no idea how I remembered where that was. And so, um, <laughs> so somehow I remembered where it was. And uh, you can sit on the chair. What? It's too high. Or you can, like, prop up one of the legs of it. But, like, I have no idea how I remembered where it was. And so this is the freakiest part of the story. Sorry, guys, I dragged that out. We're setting up a camera. But this is the freakiest part of the story. And um, I, get all, I get off the toilet. So I got super drunk, got in the stadium, went to the toilet, passed out with my pants on, sitting on the toilet. <laughs> the, the cop wakes me up. And he says, all right, like, you can get home. And so um, he said, he's like, all right, so you can get home. And um, there's nothing inappropriate on the table, is there? I don't think so. That's <laughs> all I was looking for. I was like, I'm just, The people are just going to see me handling my switchblade <laughs> right now. I have, we have total ADD while I've been telling this story. Sorry, guys. But, I know. Um, we're the worst. Yeah. I mean, they can't see us. So we're like, what the fuck is yeah, wrong Yeah, so, so I'm just going to be sitting here, like, clicking this in and out. <laughs> <laughs> but so I this is the this is the crazy part of the story. Went and passed out, whatever, cop wakes me up, come out, and um this is taking way too long to tell. Yeah, and, tell and, it. And, Jesus I, and fuck. I and I walk out of the bathroom, right? This is the kicker. I walk out of the bathroom and it is a ghost town. 
there is nobody anywhere. The entire stadium is empty. Like you could drop a pin and hear it. Hmm. There's nobody in the hallway anywhere. There's nobody in the stands. There's nobody anywhere. And I like, I tick, take my phone out of my pocket and I look at my phone. You know what time it was? The game started at like 4 p.m. It was 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally passed out sitting on a toilet oh my God. for like eight I don't know, That's eight great, hours. That's man. I wish hours. I could still sleep like that. Like eight or ten. You do sleep like that. Yeah, but it's not, not on the toilet. That would be cool <laughs> if I could get fucking toilet naps well, in. That well, would be fucking great. Well, your back would keep you sitting up straight. Yeah, so. it would. <laughs> you could. I just need to put sunglasses on. It'll look like I'm yeah. just like awake yeah. and I'm just not answering you because I'm rude. Dude, so I literally, I walk out of the stadium like in a fugue state, like I'm fucked up. And we leave the state. I leave the stadium. We lost the game terribly. We lost the game terribly, and so Gainesville was dead. Yeah. And so we. I leave. You know, nobody's partying, and I walk back to my car where it's parked, and I sit in the driver's seat, and it's pretty cold because it's probably like Octoberish in Gainesville, kind of cool out. And I sit in the seat, and thank God I dropped my keys on the ground outside of the car because, like, had I had them in the car. And I'm pretty sure, like, you have an intent to drive and they can, like, get you in trouble for it or something yeah. if they catch you. I probably would have been fine, but, like, it was luck. And I pass out in my driver's seat with the car door open with my keys on the ground. And I just, I passed out. And I wake up. It was, like, 2 a.m. I wake up, like, four hours later. And, um, and it's cold out. And I'm, I'm wet. I'm soaked because of like the dew yeah. of like the, the air is hu- it's humid as shit yeah. and I'm soaked and I'm wet and I like look at fumble around, look for my keys, find my keys. By then I'm like kind of sober enough. I drive home and I get home and I pass out again and I wake up again at like 2 PM and I'm like, what the fuck just happened for the last 24 hours? <laughs> yeah. I had a lot of those. Oh, man, but, uh, I almost feel like you should, like, retell the BJ and Handcuff story. I'm not telling the BJ and Handcuff story. They <laughs> she, can listen to your podcast. BJ stands for Beijing. Yeah, it's <laughs> idiots. <laughs> Read a fucking book. Oh, man. <laughs> no, but, okay, before we got sidetracked on our college stories. Yeah. Um, we told we For told everybody two- tuning in, this is Ian. He's a fucking incredible power lifter, uh, coach. Fortitude all sports around performance. She'll tag me. Fortitude sports performance. All overall, pretty solid fucking guy. She 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 put on an Instagram live video for my audience. We literally have two audiences right now. Yeah, so we're on his going. podcast, and I was like, let me get my little monsters in here. So, um, we were talking about my career before yeah. we sidetracked. We got to the college part, and then yeah. we started telling college stories. <laughs> yeah, but fuck. um, so keep going. So, so after um. So college was crazy. So college shit. was crazy. It was You're a fucking blur. I was in all kinds of shit there. I still managed to uh, graduate summa cum laude. And I got what does that mean? It's, I don't know. It means like you're, 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 means like you're the top of your class. Yeah, like you're pretty smart. I don't know the other ones. Cum laude, summa cum. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I just know sounds it's like better a, than no laude at all, okay? So sounds like fuck. A, sounds like a porno. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was in it. So uh, I got my degrees on psychology, uh, criminal psychology with the emphasis in abnormal psychology and um, children, like juvenile psychology. Um, so were you like trying to understand yourself? 
Yeah. To a certain point, yeah. No, I really was. I was like, I'm so fucked up. I'm going to learn all about myself and psychoanalyze myself. Dude, I've known some pe- I've known some psychology majors, and I swear to God, psychology majors are like the craziest people. Oh, we are. We're like, we just need to figure this out because yeah. there's no, I'm not ready to dump this on a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I wanted, I wanted to be a uh, behavioral profiler in the FBI and or uh, – possibly an attorney so i okay i worked in the criminal justice system for a good amount of time yeah. and um then i uh i got in a everyone always asks me how i got a bodybuilding um and i i don't always go in in depth because it's, it's, i don't think it's like a one word answer no. for everyone no, <laughs> you know I what i mean i think a lot i think a lot of it i think it's chance in a lot of ways it is a, it is a, and it's it's this the yeah. circumstance the recipe has to be right right yeah. like it has to be the right time in your life yeah when you're in the right mindset yeah when you're a certain amount of vulnerable and a certain amount yeah. of brave and you're a certain amount of humble and a certain amount of fearless mm-hmm. uh like stuff like that so i was at mm-hmm. I was at the point in my life where you need to have some shit going on too. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I was going to say. So I was, um, I had hit my rock bottom my whole life. Like every rock bottom was like, well, this is the one, well, uh-huh. this is the one, you know, yep. there's a lot of fucking rocks under your rocks. Yep. Um, so I believe that I hear that. I remember I was, I was back from college. I was at this place in my life where I really just, uh, didn't, you know, I, I did, I still had the victim mentality. Like uh-huh. I, Everything that bad happened to me wasn't my fault. It was, it was the world, it was out, the to world out to get me because one reason or the other um, and fuck everybody. You fuck, know what I mean? Why so, is this happening to me? Okay. Right. And I think I, you know, like I were talking about my adoption. I think I always had that, this kind of sense of like, uh, obviously un, un, invalid sense, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, the sense I didn't deserve um anything good or I wasn't good enough mm-hmm. and that probably like helped me. Like an imposter syndrome almost? Kind of, yeah. yeah. So, so um, I can relate to that. Yeah, so I would, I would, I would seek out and this is a general pattern in mm-hmm. any psychology uh, 101. Mm-hmm. I, you know, people sometimes reenact their traumas right mm-hmm. in other people. So oh, like, yeah, you I know, you have a, a kid whose dad beat their mom up and they might swear they'd never do it, and then they end and up in a real abusive it. relationship. Yep. So, I was uh, reenacting my 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 childhood traumas. I was uh, I looked for a guy. I I looked for the shittiest guy I could find, who I feel like I knew was a bad boy and uh-huh. was gonna treat me like shit. Did you know you were doing it though? Like, do you feel like it was conscious or was it subconscious? I mean, I knew he. It was both. Yeah. Like it was like I was like. I, I was attracted when I met this kid. I was like, I'm very attracted to him, but there was it was, it was like unhealthy. It was like an immediate. I knew immediately. I was like, he's really yeah. bad news. Damn. But I, I want. I put myself in that position because I th- was it exciting. It was, yeah. and I was impulse a lot. I was a lot more impulsive back yep. then. Mm-hmm. I wanted to feel alive, mm-hmm. um, and I wasn't good at being alone. Like mm-hmm. I, I was always the girl who like I had to have like. Yeah. Do you chain relationships together? Do I what? Did you like chain relationships together? Yeah, I did. Mm, I did, and I, I was so scared to be alone because it uh-huh. would it would bring up that fear of my adoption when I was little. Sure. Um. So I had a, I had those abandonment issues that I would mm-hmm. never face. I would just. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people do that. You know, they just oh, replace yeah. it with another person. They never really learn how to be alone. So yep. long story short, I I dated this guy for like half a year. Um. Mm-hmm. He was super emotionally abusive, and eventually one night he 
um, you know, he's a he was an ex fighter, and he just kind of walked up to me and fucking uppercut my fucking jaw, almost oh, broke it. Um, and so I, I got I got out. He, I mean, he did a lot of other stuff, but I, um, I got out, and I. Do you have a Do you have a wake up moment? Yeah, it was. How did you? How like you were probably in that situation? You probably felt kind of trapped. Like what? And that, you know, you had to have, like, a wake-up moment where you just, like, you're, like, enough is enough. Yeah. So he... What was that like? Like, did you have a support system? So my parents and all my friends at the time, this guy had, like, slowly alienated me from all of them. Damn. Like, they were all a threat, you know? Mm. So slowly, you know, over time, you can't do it all once or the person's Mm. going to get suspicious. Yeah slowly you start plucking out their friends mm-hmm. till they're only left with the abuser, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what was happening to me. So mm-hmm. I was at the point, my parents were in Italy. They were, mm-hmm. they were going to be there for like a month. Mm-hmm. Um, when this, when this bad, the really bad night happened, my mm-hmm. wake up moment. So I didn't, I didn't tell them and I didn't tell anyone really. Mm-hmm. So I, I, uh, I got locked in a, a closet for a good amount of, the day and um and i got out and i it was kind of like the it's gonna be you or or me or us both thing Mm -hmm. and on some romeo and juliet shit at vibes i was getting and i'm like i can't die with you bro like i had this moment where i was like it it was literally i was like this voice in my head was like choose yourself it was like this isn't it. It was like run away from this, but also run towards something. And I don't know what the fuck it was, but I got the fuck out of there. I never looked back. Mm -hmm. I had to get a restraining order. um, That keep probably the longest restraining order in fucking Florida's history. But uh, yeah, this guy, you know, he, he still followed me for this this person has clearly has issues. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I knew, I knew that, you know, that's why I picked him, which is, You know, it's not an excuse for his behavior, but um, he's done this to other chicks, and I guess they've got scared to go to court. But, I, you know, I took him to court because he showed up at my job and mm-hmm. uh, my family's home and stuff, mm-hmm. so I had to make those moves. Mm-hmm. But I, I just remember, like, after um, after that day in court, I I got to – it was the first time that I I realized I was alone. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, the judge – asked me to come up you know my face is still fucking healing mm-hmm. i don't have anybody with me mm-hmm. he's got his fucking attorneys and his whole family over mm-hmm. there my parents are in italy and mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to call them and dump that shit mm-hmm. on them because yeah. they couldn't come back anyways and no, i just know just they'd be a mess sure. so mm-hmm. it was the first time i realized i was like you're alone and you have to face this alone yeah and I did. Like I stood up there and the judge said whatever you need to say, you say it now and I told him everything and I looked this kid in the eyes and I had such a fucking rush of just it was like liberation. It was like yeah. finally the first time you're in your life like you're practicing self-care, self-love. Yeah. And responsibility, even if it's just in this one moment. Well, you made yourself a priority and you took your power back. I did. And, I mean, it was just a day in court. But I 
I walked out of there and I said... It's a very high-pressure situation. It was, yeah. And I mean, seeing the guy who fucking did that to you yeah. in court and standing near them, like, he tried to grab me at the courthouse. Like, he, you know, it was crazy. But, like, after that day, I was like, I... Uh, you know, I the one thing about my parents is they're very they were very loving my whole life, but um, they almost emotionally spoiled me, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think I ever, when I was younger, I was never like hungry to the point where I had to learn. You know, I never there was a certain amount of discipline that I feel like I was lacking in my life um, that I just wasn't gonna get at the age I was at. I was mm-hmm. like, you need to teach yourself. So uh, I tried to join the army. So after that, I, I recognized I was lost. I recognized I was blaming the world for my problems. I recognized I was picking the wrong partners. And I recognized I was putting myself in, like, super dangerous situations yeah. f- uh, for self-sabotage and reasons and such. So I tried to join the Air Force to get some discipline. Um, I did really fucking good on their test, but they wouldn't take me because of my spine. What was like, ASVAB or something? Yeah, like 90-something. Like, I would have been a know. fucking officer immediately but uh telling people what to do and yeah shit. they would have hated me uh so but they wouldn't take me because my back so i was like well i'm gonna go um i got into f- boxing i fought for a little bit okay and then i uh threw a kick and actually hurt my fractured my foot my right foot what and, happened uh, to the other guy <laughs> it was a bag so <laughs> oh, he's <shit>. fine <laughs> but um yeah, so then after that, I was like, well, maybe, you know, they had like a little dumbbell section in the in the gym, mm-hmm. nothing serious. So I was like, I've never really weight trained. Like, maybe I'll do some upper body stuff while this heals down here. And I um, started to really like it quick. I got my first fucking shoulder pump and stuff. Um, and then I, I just, uh, well, something told me to like, I was already kind of meal prepping my mm-hmm. food a little bit mm-hmm. just because when I got out of that courthouse, I was like, you know, we're not going to do drugs this week. We're not yep. going to drink alcohol. Let's yep. maybe just shoot for like kind of healthy foods. Like I wasn't really weighing my foods. I yep. was just eat, but I was not that I started by eating, you know, eggs, chicken, like rice. I was like, I'm going to cook my meals today. You yep. know what I mean? So, um, no more Wendy's. Yeah, mm, sometimes. Bacon eaters. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and then I, um, so I was working out and people were like, when are you going to do a show? And I was like, uh, I don't even know what, the, you know, I didn't know what they were talking about. Yeah. Um, and like they were like, you should, you, you could do a bikini show or something. I'm like, I don't know. So, I mean, um, yeah. I got a coach and he was a local guy and put me on a meal plan. I had like stomach veins in like a week. <laughs> and I was like, on, I was on stage within like three weeks of my mm. meal plan i uh did a bikini show and i um shreddy i was way too shredded i had like <laughs> separated quads <laughs> i was like They're like what the fuck is uh, this girl doing over here like uh, <laughs> i was like throwing up back double biceps a bikini girl that actually works out <laughs> dude i dude because when i first started i fucking like i did not ever follow bodybuilding yeah. or any like you know some of these people are like i've watched this since i was little and they know yeah. all the names I didn't know anything about any. The, if you asked me if I could name you a bodybuilder, I probably would have said like Hulk Hogan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I was totally oblivious. So when I first started researching any of this, yeah. the shit that came up, like how to tr- I would be like how to train like a, I didn't even know what a lat pull was. Like, yeah. um, I would look up like 
what the that was my homework the night before my coach would send me his workouts mm -hmm. and so that i knew what they were in the gym the night before i would like youtube every exercise and take screenshots so yeah. i could remember what it was and the videos that it pulled up were like it was like ronnie coleman dorian yates mm -hmm. tom Platts, like Dude, that's so epic yeah but it's like can you imagine it wasn't no frilly shit so i yeah. was like I was like, okay, so this is <laughs> how I need to fucking live. <laughs> like, <laughs> I did, and like, I went to Dude, that's uh, so the epic. gym when I, I literally went in the gym, and I, um, I would find the biggest guy in the room, uh. and I, I rock right up to him, all hundred five pounds of me, and <laughs> I was like, hello, I'm I'm Rachel Daniels, I um. I want to go to the Olympia one day and I will introduce yourself. I would like to train with you. That's so epic. <laughs> and they'd dude. be like, what the, f they'd be like, come on, get on in here. But dude, then if I was in the gym deadlifting or squatting and some girl came up and did that, like you would have a new best friend for sure. No, they did. I did. I got so many ways, but they, but they were so all much. like, they were all like from the golden era too. all yeah. the old big guys. So yeah. they were, they were training me from the beginning. Like they were instilling mm. that, like, monster go to failure yeah. like I, I wasn't training like no bikini chick no i know no offense like i'm not saying bikini chicks don't train hard because i fucking did but like yeah. i was fucking moving weight like with the body with the big boys yeah and um with that food like i wasn't even on anything then but i put on like yeah i put on like 40 pounds of muscle real fucking quick yeah um, well, you're probably under eating up until that point. Oh, absolutely. And I then definitely you, and you actually was. learned like what a protein intake is and what sleep is. And like, I, I, I don't, I don't think I realized how much it like yeah. the other shit, like just, I used to have all these gastrointestinal yeah. issues. Like mm -hmm. I would have times where I would just randomly start throwing up and Never like be in the hospital and like they'd have all these, they'd test me for like malaria and all yeah. these gastro disease ever. Literally, I got a meal plan. I've never, I've never had that yeah. issue again. Like yeah. I've, I used to be on antidepressants, uh -huh. and then I told, you know, I said I don't want to. I was like, I don't want to do them anymore. Like I want yeah. to. And my doctor was like, you're gonna have to make legit lifestyle changes. Like yep. it's, it's a harder route. Yep. But you could do it. So, not have that. Not that nothing. It's just, it's incredible how much. Once you see what nutrients mm -hmm. do to your body, well, it sounds like your your gut wasn't that healthy, and that's really oh like, no, absolutely that's not. That's where a large majority of your serotonin and your feel good hormone is produced, and when your gut health is off, then then you know your mood's going to be off, your everything's going to be off. Yeah, I mean, once once I just started getting started clean just, foods, yeah, and I mean, I was a pe I was a bikini chick. I wasn't doing anything crazy. Little, I didn't little peanut. Yeah, I was 105 <laughs> fucking pounds. How tall are you? Five foot and a half an inch. <laughs> I always like, should I say the half? Or should I say the fucking half? Or should we say five one? Five yeah. And a half? yeah. But yeah, so I did. Um, I uh, did my first NPC show in 2019. I did Hurricane Bay in September, and I did physique. Uh -huh. I skipped figure. I just. It's like nah. I was growing way too fast. Yeah. And I went about to wear them heels. You know me. So I uh, I did women's bodybuilding and I did women's physique at my first show. And I won um, I won overall women's bodybuilding, overall women's physique. I won champion of champions. I don't know what that means. Um, and I won some other stuff. But uh, and novice. Yeah. Okay. So novice is like if you're 
if it's your first show. Sure. Okay, so. So you went to your first show and you fucked so shit I up. Su- I sweeped it. Like, yeah. I literally won. I literally, three guys had to carry all my trophies in my car. Mm. That was, like, one of my best memories. Like, boys, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, it was it was amazing because by that time. Dude, bodybuilding has some of the most epic trophies. Oh, yeah. They make their trophies, like, four feet tall. Well, see, yeah, like. See like we're literally looking at it right now. Yeah, like that one. <laughs> it's so epic. They just put pl- platforms yeah, on Yeah, yeah. But it's nice. Like, yeah. my smallest fucking plaque is the one from the olympia it's just a medal (laughs) it's like the bigger the shows you get the smaller yeah yeah well because that that paycheck gets bigger yeah it's true but um yeah so i uh a year later i was literally almost to the day i was stepping on stage in my first pro show so i Mm. um all within august august 2020 i my coach shelby starnes and i we we won the MPC Tampa Pro Show mm-hmm. to qualify me for nationals. Mm-hmm. We did nationals, junior USAs, mm-hmm. three weeks later in Charleston, South Carolina. Is this 2020? Yeah, this is all in August. Okay. So August 1st, I did my national okay. qualifier, sweeped it, okay. won everything. Then we did junior USAs August 28th, sweeped it, all won right. everything, pro card. Then they were like, the judges and my coach were like, bro, you're already ready. Like, did you hear New York Pro is coming to Tampa oh, because of COVID? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, that's a huge fucking show. And they brought like, everything to Florida. Yeah, they're like, you just do it. Like, what's the worst? And I remember Sandy Williamson, one of the judges, she told me, she was like, you're going to regret this if you don't do it. She was like, you don't know. She was like, you don't know what could happen. I remember she said that. She's like, you don't know what could happen. Fucking and go. you don't know if you're going to be here tomorrow, honestly. Go out and He's, walk around she's that like, pool. She was like, what if you something happened to you and yeah. you never got on stage again? Yeah. And I was like, she was like, what do you have to lose? Yep. And I was like, I don't have anything to fucking lose. Yeah. I just got my pro card. Yeah. I was like, I'm walking in there expecting to get last. Yeah. So that's what put me in a really fucking dangerous spot. Yeah. Because when I was no pressure, I had no pressure, no pressure, no stress. Right. So I wasn't, there was no self doubt in my head or anything like that. Cause I was like, you could, you know, you could get last place and people, you know, it's still badass that you even got up there. Yeah. You're going to get judges and feedback next to the pros. And this is a big, big pro show, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, probably next to the Arnold in Chicago. There's a kicker and I'm waiting for it. Keep going. <laughs> so I did, I did New York pro and I remember they, they called first call outs who brought me out there and, and they started switching people. <laughs> yeah. They were like 21 over here. And I, I started flopping my way to, to the middle. And then the, I remember all of a sudden I was in the middle. Doing Your heart like rate going like front, crazy Oh, right my now. God. <laughs> my In my head, all I remember is I was saying, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. Like I, you know, with that voice was in my head saying holy shit 50 times. <laughs> That's so amazing. Because I was like, they made a mistake. Like they, they're yeah. going to flip me in a second. Yeah. Like they're, and they did it. And then they just said, thank you, ladies. And in bodybuilding, if you, if usually in prejudging, wherever they leave you, when mm. they say thank you, ladies, that's usually – the order. The order. Like, so, yeah. I w- but they split the box with me and this, this other girl, Jenny Feldman. She's such a sweetheart. Yeah. Um, so everyone's like, oh, my God, you won. You're going to the Olympia. And I was like, let's wait till. Dude, you're like, don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I was like, no, I didn't. There's yeah. no way. There's yeah. no fucking way. And don't. I was looking at the pictures after prejudging, and I was like, 
damn, I'm like, I, mean, I, I, might, be, I might be doing something here. Pretty fucking good. So, <laughs> <laughs> now, by the nighttime, uh, fuck, they, they fucking. You're like, the fat lady hasn't sang yet, but then. He gave me my, um, my Olympia qualification. They said, I, yeah, your new 2020 New York Pro champion, Rachel Daniels. And it was just like. You're like, what the fuck, dude? I, like, what I, I started go- crying and I was like, I literally, you don't know, if you look at the videos, like I'm looking at my number the whole time because I'm like, are they, they're going to call the wrong fucking number. They're calling yeah. the wrong fucking number. Yeah. And. You're just like, what is going on? They were right like, now? we need your tax information. I was like, for what? They're like, we need, you get money. I was like, I didn't even fucking think about that. Yeah. Then I get, when, when like $2,000, I, I was just so hysterical that yeah. I just. God, like so much happening. You're so telling fast. me I get to go to the Olympia. Like I yeah. just got my pro card six yeah. days ago. That yeah. was supposed to be. Yeah. That was my biggest dream. Yeah. As of that. Jeez. So it was like national qualifier, Olympia. When you, didn't you, t- you didn't have time to breathe or think. I didn't, and and I and I knew that. You know, I'm I'm one of those people who's very like. Maybe it takes you time to process. Yeah, like if something, if something. Tr- traumatic happens yeah. i'm not gonna be the one to just start bawling my eyes out right yeah, here sure. like it might be like three days from now at a uh-huh. random time and i'm gonna start like you internalize it for a little bit before yeah. it actually like hits i have you. to process it yeah, yeah. yeah and i mean i know everyone's different but i know we didn't have time i didn't really have time to do that before the olympia it was kind of like it was kind of like we, we can focus on uh we can feel all that shit after yeah you know i I had I had some stuff happen to me before my national qualifier. Like I split ways with my old coach. Like mm-hmm. I was dealing with you know that that ex guy yep. who I got away with. I mm-hmm. had to go back to court for with him because mm-hmm. he was doing some crazy shit. I life shit. You know the guy I loved who I was dating broke up with me a mm-hmm. week before I was supposed to go get my pro card. So mm-hmm. I was I wasn't I just got fired from my job. So Jeez. so I there was a lot of shit that I didn't yeah. really deal with and you were I just was like overwhelmed and you just packaged it away and you just kept fucking grinding. Yeah, because I feel like honestly it was um You never slowed down. It, it was the controlled chaos though because yep. it's it, it, it's the sense of all this shit is fucking up in my life, but the only thing I have control over right now is bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. So that made me grab onto it harder. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um so yeah, going into the Olympia, I didn't, I didn't have time to process any of that. And then I, I think after um, the Olympia was actually over, I could kind of be a human and yep. feel things a little more. But it's still, it's still, ha- it's still a lot for me. You yeah. know, it's a lot of pressure, um, and not just, you know, not just caring what other people think so much. But it's, you know, s- when you set a standard. Mm-hmm an honorable athlete is going to try to live up to that standard. And I think a lot of people are more scared. I think I'm more scared of uh, success than failure. Like I'm more scared of succeeding at the things that I'm afraid of because Uh that means that I'm going to have to rise to that standard Mm -hmm. to be worthy of it. Of course. Um, And that's a big responsibility. So it's like Superman says, great power comes great responsibility. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at. Fast forward, now it's 
Now you competed at the Olympia. You placed seventh, like you rookie of the year, like yeah. all these accolades, all this attention. It all happened so fast. And now you're at this point where, you know, you competed and, and you had a cup like a month, two months off. And, you know, you're already in prep again. And yeah. you're already thinking about this next Olympia. And like, you know, we were talking earlier today and it's like you, you haven't had that, that time to slow down. And it's, it can be so challenging because there's so much pressure. And, uh, and I think the really important thing is with all this, all this pressure, all this dieting, all this training, you know, how you feel physically during it all. Like you, you know, we were talking a lot about balance and like you, you know, you're not invincible. I don't, I don't think any of us are invincible. We can be yeah. weak. Like you're resilient as shit. I'm resilient as shit, but we're not invincible. And you have to like, you have to, there has to be some self care in there somewhere. Yeah. There has to be some self care. And I think that's something that I've been kind of figuring out recently, you know, managing my own business and dealing with a lot of the things in my personal life that mm -hmm. have been going on, like seemingly outside of my control, dealing with injuries, training, you know, if I'm going to, go to powerlifting, if I'm going to train jujitsu, you know, you're managing your businesses, your Instagram yeah. accounts, all the posting requirements. Um, Self-care and also, you know, yeah. self-love because I yeah. feel like... You have to, like, cut yourself some fucking slack. Yeah, dude. and that's my issue. So, you know, I'm yeah. always my toughest critic yeah. and on one, it, it's a double-edged sword because the, on one end, that's how I beat certain yep. people and mm -hmm. that's how I've gotten to yep. a certain point because I was the one who was, like... I'm going to do more or yep. you need to go harder in those, mm -hmm. in those moments mm -hmm. where it counted. But at the same time, it's okay, you like, can push it too hard and not yep. be like, Hey, today was a good day. And like you yep. did what you're supposed to do and mm -hmm. pat yourself on the back and let's take a second to reflect of how far you've come regardless of like what happened. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that, that's one of my flaws is I, uh, I think, I get so caught up on um, creating and growing mm -hmm. and all of that that I sometimes forget to say, you know, take a second, yeah. like breathe, yeah. do something for yourself, yeah. and um, rem remind yourself you're pretty, you're pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, there's a lot to life. There's a there's a lot to yeah. life, and I think a lot of people and bodybuilding because it's such a comprehensive, such a demanding sport. Right. It's it's twenty four seven. You're always a bodybuilder. Twenty four seven, three sixty five, because your lifestyle plays such a direct impact into your appearance and your look, your stress levels, your hormones. Like that's all comprehensive. That's not that's not two hours a day. That's twenty four exactly. Hours a day. Like I, no offense, but I'm not mm -hmm. like um, a golfer, a Olympic golfer, like oh, yeah. where I can do my practice and then yeah. I can go, go be a normal person. It follows you everywhere. It, it, it follows you everywhere. Yeah. If I don't eat a certain way, if I don't sleep mm -hmm. a certain way, if I don't do things yep. at certain times, it's mm -hmm. all going to affect my sport. Like, yep. so it's, it, it, yeah, very much what you said. And I think, um, yep. that's what we were talking about earlier, how it's easy to just all of a sudden realize how fucking isolated you've yep. been. Mm -hmm. Um, the isolation, but, you know, not being able, not doing the same, like not hanging out with friends as much, not doing things yeah. like you get stuck inside. Well, that that was like what I was saying about being, it was really hard for me back when I was not the best kid to mm -hmm. um, be alone. Yeah. That was my biggest fear, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Because that reenacted like me being abandoned as a yep. child, sure. right? Mm -hmm. So it terrified me. So yep. um, that's the choice I made when mm -hmm. I started bodybuilding was another reason. Cause I was like, this is something that I knew that I was going to have to do on my own. Uh -huh. Um, and I knew no one was going to be able to help me uh -huh. and I wasn't going to be able to play victim to anybody. Yep. Um, 
they can't you know what i mean they just literally can't lift the weights for you or do any of that shit no, so it was all yours yeah and i got so i got so good at being alone yep. that now it's uh it's a it's a little i i'm trying to find my balance, balance. again with bringing humanity yep. back in my life yep. because i can get so laser relentless focus. Yeah, yeah and reckless about my my bodybuilding yep. that it, it doesn't matter who you are like if if you're in my way uh-huh um, um, you're out. Well, it's, that's a that's a um, that's a competitor's mentality. That's a that's a champion, you know, alpha dominant mentality. But I think you have to take a step back at a certain point in time and understand that like you're not invincible. Like your mental health matters, and that like at the end of the day, we're all human, and you need like you need the normal things that human need humans need to like be to like. To, for the process to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The process has to be sustainable. Otherwise, you're going to crack at some point in time. Exactly. And that's, that's the thing. Is it, That's why I was saying it's important to have your your work mm-hmm. and your creative consciousness mm-hmm. separate from your own identity. Mm-hmm. So I need to – a lot of people wonder why I do the lowest lane thing. And that, that's that's because it helps me separate yeah. Rachel yeah. from – Lois Lane. Yeah, like so that's your character. Lois Lane gets on stage yeah. and gives you all this glamour and drama. Yeah. 99% of the world don't know shit about Rachel. Yeah. I don't care how much I post on Instagram. They don't know you dance on cop cars. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> it was one time, maybe twice. What, who's maybe counting? Like seven times. Who's counting? I got out. <laughs> we, we can go out and find a cop car if you want. <laughs> we dented out. Shit. <laughs> I would dent <laughs> Yeah, no, but... um. <sighs> I don't even remember what I was saying because uh. he distracted me with the cop car. <laughs> You're talking about life balance. Oh, yeah, keeping your uh, creative. Yeah, Lois Lane. Yeah, Lois Lane is, that's for me to separate it yeah. so that I don't, if I fail in a show or you uh-huh. lose a show, if you're too over-identified, like, uh-huh. As your identity in your sport, then you're gonna take those hits mm. as an attack on your person. We talked about this a while ago. Yeah, that's what we were saying. So it's like, if I over-identify with my work as mm. a bodybuilder and say this is all I am and yeah. who I am, then when I lose, it's gonna feel like, you know, it's gonna feel like you're not good enough you're not as you a anymore. person. Yeah, you're not you anymore. You're n- yeah, it's gonna you're gonna lose it, your identity when you don't win. Yeah, and you're gonna lose. That's what we were talking about, like the feeling of. Mm-hmm losing your sense of purpose yep. after a mm-hmm. meet or yep. a show mm-hmm. it's like that fucked up depression yep. and you said there your last meet when you had more stability going on mm-hmm. and more balance yep. with your business and everything mm-hmm. when the show was over you yeah. didn't feel so empty because you yeah. said look i still have a, yeah. a, a separate self well, besides my sport i've competed at the crossfit games twice and the first time i competed for it it was all it was all that mattered and I was still working, but I was probably spending a little more money than what I was making. And so my bank account started to kind of sw- slowly dwindle. We trained for it, competed for it. It was badass. It was amazing. And it was everything that I wanted it to be. And, um, and it went by and it happened. And it happened in a blur. And um, Let's see if there's questions. Keep going. It happened in a blur. And, and then all of a sudden it was over. And it was over, and I came home, and as, as quick as all the training began, and it happened, and the calories, and the hours, and the lifting, and the running, and the swimming, and all the mileage, and everything, I came home, and it was all over. And I was sitting at home in my room by myself, and I was like, okay, like, what do I do? Right. Do, do, I, do, I, go, do I go back to work? Like, do I start working more? Do I, like... 
do I like what do I hang out with friends now like the friends that I don't really have because I was spending all my time training like where's the continuity in that and you know luckily I had some other events and things going on that like it was only it only lasted a week or two but it was a real eye-opening experience yeah and and I went and we competed again the next year and we went again and we went to do it again and I approached the next year with a different mentality. I said, you know, I think this is going to be the last year that I do this. I think this is going to be the last year that I, um, that I compete in CrossFit because I had some other things going on that I was going to move on to. And I said, I'm going to do this differently. I said, I'm not going to, I said, I'm going to do my best to keep the other aspects of my life intact while I, you know, while I trained for this. So, so luckily, you know, I didn't have dietary restrictions. It was just training and sleep and stress. So I would, I worked more. I worked two days a week. Luckily I was nursing, doing uh, agency work. And so I was able to work Sunday, Monday. Now tra- I'd take Sunday off, train Monday night. And, um, and we did, we did the thing. I had a better training schedule. I was training more intelligently. We went, we competed. It was badass. It was awesome. And I came home and I still had my identity. And because like financially my bank account was bigger because I had made sure to still kind of include some of my friends. Like I had to sacrifice. Right. There's yeah. no, you, you can't not sacrifice, but I had made the effort to still stay in touch with people, even if it was phone calls, even if it was FaceTimes, even if it was just like, you know, see you on a Saturday yeah, or something yeah. like that. And I got done with it and I came back and it was like, it wasn't that bad. Like I still had my identity. Like I was still there. Like I still had a, a lifestyle. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't my whole being. That's one of my issues been in yeah. the past is like, I'll get so, you know, I might start with everything kind of balanced out, mm-hmm. but then as you know, I get closer to show, prior everything else drops besides that, well, this. That, that short that short yeah. push and then it's picking it's always like picking up all the pieces yeah. and you know being like things that fell by the wayside yeah then mm-hmm. I, it's just picking them up afterwards sending like, some messages sorry out. i was bodybuilding yeah like how can i fix whatever damage i've done everywhere else in my life now yeah. you know and i i don't want to be like that like you know i don't want to do you think it's possible to succeed at a high level in bodybuilding without doing that? Because mm. I've talked to I've talked to Ben Pakolsky about it, and you know he was talking about how selfish you have to be. Yeah, I, I don't. How can you do How can you do something that comprehensive without being? Selfish? I mean, I've 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 talked to Ben about that a lot yeah. too, because you know he he reminds me a lot of my. He, he says I remind him a lot of how he was when he was training. He's he's mm-hmm. always he's always telling me about the warrior monk mentality, mm-hmm. and yeah, you ha- you have both, right? Mm-hmm. So I have way too much warrior, not enough, monk. not enough monk. Um, and that's, that's how he analogy. was too. You know, like he was the same way. Like mm-hmm. he would he would bite someone's head off if yep. they bothered him while mm-hmm. he was in prep, mm-hmm. and um, that's that is how I get uh yep. too. Like, and it's not just. Oh, you're nice to me still. <laughs> it's not just a I'm hungry thing. It's more of like I, it, it's like an animalistic yep. thing that comes over me where yep. I'm like, I'm getting ready for, I feel like I'm getting yep. ready for war. Like, yep. um, and I'm, I'm all that work though. All I don't know is, if you can have, yeah. I don't think so. Like, honestly, I don't yeah. think so. I think you can you think it has to be out of balance. For I a little think bit it has least. to be out of balance, at least for short spurts. Yeah, I don't think it should be long term mm-hmm. out of 
yeah. out of balance. But I think it's definitely that last month is probably unsustainable. And then you push and then you get there and you do it. And you have to take like a little, it takes a little bit of time afterwards where you like, you recoup and you like gather yeah. yourself. I mean, you have to, you have to, if you want to keep balancing your life and you have things like a family yeah. and like other yeah. things yeah. that you care about, yeah. like you have to, you push it. You have to have them. You have to be good with them. But then when it's time yeah. for you your blinders to go on you, need you re- have to be able to switch the switch you need and really strong people in your life too yeah who understand yeah. because that don't take it personally exactly like yeah. you're you're gonna you're gonna uh it, it, it is changing like that's who what, you are like all yeah. of a sudden it needs to be all about me and i think that's why it's probably like such a lonely sport yeah know? well ambition's lonely yeah you're right um damn so so Wow, that was that was like a kicker right there. You like that quote? Yeah, that was a fucking kicker, man. That hit hard. That hit fucking real hard. Ambition is lonely, but I will say this: I've 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 never been more um, alone in my life. Yeah. But I've never felt less lonely. Interesting. That makes sense. Well, what about um, you? Say ambition's lonely, but like, how would you? How would you? compare that to like someone who maybe experiences success. And I think, I think you could have someone take that out of context and maybe they get successful and, um, maybe they forget who their real friends are. Yeah. Um, so what do you mean in the sense of like, you know, like you're, you're pushing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. People, I mean, people, it happens all the time. Like that's one thing I, I tried to really not do. Um, because I know I came up fast and everyone was like, don't let it get your head down. I'm like, yeah. I'm not. Like, honestly, I'm I'm not. If anything, it's made me um, mm-hmm. be more hard on myself and mm-hmm. more be like, you know, if you want to. Yeah, because I take it really seriously. Like, if mm-hmm. to call myself an Olympian, then I'm, mm-hmm. that's like an, that's an extreme honor. So it's like mm-hmm. you're amongst gr- greatness and you need mm-hmm. to act accordingly mm-hmm. and how so I, I feel like if anything, it's, it's done that, but there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of fucking people forget who, uh, their real friends are mm-hmm. when they get a little taste of success. And it's, mm-hmm. some of them are just, um, I think it's a learning experience. Yeah. It depends on the person. Some people, mm-hmm. I think some people do it not because they're really, uh, full of themselves. I think they do yeah. it because they're kind of scared. Uh, especially yeah. if a guy comes up fast. Yep. You know, he feels like he has to like posture up to the rest yep. of the industry mm-hmm. yep. and protect himself and say, I'm here. It's intimidating. Um, but I found, honestly, the, I found the most, um, the way that got me the most results, I guess. Um, and this is, I mean, this is what I would have done whether I knew I was going to do it or not. Mm-hmm. And I'm lucky it was the right path, I think. But it is instead of being like, I'm the new girl on the block and you all need to watch out for me because I'm going to like fuck you guys all up. Uh-huh. Instead of that um, attitude, I came in the industry and I tried to humbly get around pe- mm-hmm. other champions yeah. that have already mm-hmm. walked in the shoes that yeah. I want to walk. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, They've getting around Linda Murray, getting yeah. around Alina Popa, getting her well, around I'm sure all those Flex. Pe- like, I'm sure the amount of advice and wisdom they have. <clears throat> they do. And... Um, and it's, it's it's more respectful as well. Yeah. It's like because you you know I've been I, there. I never yeah, and I never, you know 
I might have gone to the Olympia, but I'm I'm not anything like them yet. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's almost like you yeah. need to honor the people before you, and yeah. you still have a shitload of work to do. Mm-hmm. And that's always the way I've found things uh, to be best is, you know, you should be forever unfinished. Like I, mm-hmm. like people are like surprised when I tell them I have a posing coach, and yeah. I'm like, it's why? Never ending journey. Why? Like we, yep. Phil Heath has a fucking coach. You don't yep. think he knows anything about nutrition? It's not about that. It's if if you're at the point where you're saying growth and constant improvement. Yeah, if you're at the point where you're saying mm-hmm. no, nothing else, like I don't, I can't, I couldn't be any better or learn anything else. Then mm-hmm. that's your, that's the day your soul's gonna die yeah. because. Um, the only way you evolve is through knowledge and whether that's learning about the industry. I think putting, putting yourself around differing perspectives and new perspectives, you know, and I think, I think I, I get that that's what you're trying to say in terms of like all the pros and things and, you know, coaches and, and you have to have a growth mindset and be open to growth and be open to new experience. And to change. You can't be scared yeah, to change. You can't be, you can't be scared to change. You have to put yourself in, um, in uncomfortable situations you know, and around new people. Now, what is, um, if you had some type of, uh, if you had some type of, there's probably a lot of lifters that follow you and a lot of athletes that follow me. And, um, I'm sure a lot of women will get a lot from this episode, you know, potentially people who've been in your same shoes at times and you've, you've experienced a massive amount of adversity in your life that I think is translating to, um, to, you know, where you are now and the amount of like inner strength that you have, if you had some advice to give, you know, practical, experiential mindset, if you had some advice to give to maybe some newer lifters, newer athletes coming up, um, I'd be curious to know what that is. Oh, man, to new lifters, uh, a lot. <laughs> maybe like a practical, maybe like, um, like something practical, like maybe coaching related, training related, uh, nutrition related. Something that max, maybe helped you a lot. Max out. Um, I would. I can't stress enough. Maxing out your food and training potential before moving on to the super supplements. Um, super supplements yeah. are great, but they're supplements. And I think <clears throat> I can. The reason. Yeah. The reason I think it's so important is not just health wise, but I think because this is how I was brought into it. Yeah. Like. I maxed out on my food and my training Mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. And I think that also established in my head that there's no easy way to get there. Like steroids were never an option in my head at Mm -hmm. the time for Mm -hmm. a very long time. Mm -hmm. So I I was like, I really have to put this work in. And it embedded that kind of like no shortcuts, hard work. I'm exactly the same way. That same kind Mm -hmm. that pattern, right? So then when the super supplements came down the road, it was like, Nothing was limiting you. Nothing's limiting me. And I I mean, I'm still going to train like I'm on no gear and have no genetics. Yeah. Uh, Because I I, I know a lot of people want to just hop on the shit right when they start. And I'm like, it's, it's it's red flags to me because I think uh, I think another good piece of advice is instant gratification. Uh, yeah, a lot of people don't. I don't think they really uh, know what why they're doing this. Yep. Like, why do you want? I think you should really sit down with yourself. Yeah. In a place where you can be honest, not to somebody you're talking to that you're going to make a nice answer for because yeah. you will. Um, Self honesty. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, sit down and like, even if no one reads it, write. Why do I want to be a bodybuilder? Why? Yeah. And if the answer is like just that you want to um, 
get like a lot of it's because they want to uh, you want to get get attention you want to feel attention approval validated like on the outside so maybe Mm -hmm. that'll make you feel good about yourself on the inside or you're doing it to like vindicate something or i'll show them how good i could be and it's all um false it's all going to be false narratives you're you're those are all roots to failure very quickly if the i think if the re if the reason isn't that you've experienced some sort of like heroes fall right yeah. mm-hmm. so there's always that point in the story where the where the hero falls mm-hmm. something bad happens to mm-hmm. them blah, blah, blah. they have this ego drop mm-hmm. and they really just have nowhere to go but mm-hmm. up so if you don't have that if you're not if you're not utilizing it to like maybe climb out of a dark place yeah you're not utilizing it to better yourself or bring yourself to a better place yeah, the, for the yourself, key it has to be yourself you. it has to be for you it can't be for anyone else yeah because it's like it's like girls who chase the idea of beauty that you know one day big asses are nice one day big tits are nice so yeah. you're gonna go change this yep. but you're never going to be satisfied because there's mm-hmm. always going to be someone who doesn't like what you have yeah so like i wouldn't make it very far in this industry if i for example got upset by guys being like if i did this for other people you know i got those you look like a man comments Mm -hmm. those would really fuck me up more but you're not doing it for that but i'm not doing it for them Mm -hmm. right so my idea of beauty hasn't changed Mm -hmm. i still think i'm beautiful Mm mm-hmm so uh, then their their sway over you is significantly matter. less. Yeah, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. It's like people are like, how do you deal with all that? It's it's because I made I made sure um, at the beginning that I was doing it for me. Mm-hmm. I had finally reached an ego death where I wanted to change and grow mm-hmm. mentally more than anything, and I recognized I didn't have the discipline and 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 patience and all that other shit and i was uh so if you're gonna do shit if you're gonna do shit do it for you don't do it for anyone else for you don't do it to make anyone else like you don't it's not enough it's not Mm. it's not gonna be enough to get you through it's not you won't grow from it it's not gonna be enough to get you through like a real bodybuilding prep it's not sustainable you'll do it and you'll quit yeah it has to be for you you'll do it and you'll quit what's next for rachel I will be doing New York Pro Part 2, May 15th. So, like, fucking six weeks out or something. Five, six weeks out. Yeah. Um, Hopefully I win that, and then hopefully we just can chill until the Olympia. Yeah. Um, If not, I'll jump into some other pro show, probably Mm -hmm. closer to the Olympia, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. so the plan is qu- hit a pro show, win it, go to the Olympia again, fuck shit up. Yeah, I don't like points. Yeah. Um, you can qualify maybe for you know getting a few different shows at second or third place, but you're not about that. You want to win. Yeah, and I mean, I think that I, I have to be careful when I say that because like people are like, well, you know, it's the Olympia, like we go. I mean, I get that. Like everyone, respect to anyone who wants to go for yeah. any reason. Like, mm-hmm. but. It was the same way with my national qualifier. Like, some national qualifiers, they let first and second, yep. um, you know, go to the... There's nothing wrong with the other ways of qualifying, it sounds like. You know, to go to each his own. But, like, for you, your preference, for you to feel like for you to feel like it, you did it the right way in your own mind, 
not to knock anyone else, but for you to feel like you did it the right way in your own mind to validate how you want to do it, you need to win one. Yeah, I need to win it. Mm-hmm. I want, I need to say that that's the only way I'm going to feel like I earned my spot on that stage. Because yeah. I tell you, there's this air of mm-hmm. fucking regalness mm-hmm. and respect and shit at that Olympia mm-hmm. backstage. I want to be like, first of all, me as myself, I'm proved, I proved I'm the best mm-hmm. and I deserve to be here. Mm-hmm. Also, I deserve to give these other top champions so run for their money. the best, yeah. right? So it would be a disservice to sure. them not to give them that as well. So, sure. I, and the way I just look at it strategically is like if you can't if you can't win a pro show overall, then how are you going to do at the Olympia? Mm-hmm. You're probably not going to get top ten um, if you had to do like four or five pro shows and get like second, third, fourth mm-hmm. to get there because mm-hmm. you know that's the that those are the pros, and mm. then now you're gonna go into top pros. And yeah. I mean, I get it. If you just want to say you went, you went to mm. Olympia to say you did it, and mm. I mean that's yeah. total sense. But mm. I wanna, you wanna do I like something. to be strategic. Yep. Like that's a lot of my body too. I can't just be, yeah, doing it stuff for participation. So <laughs> last little bit, last little bit before we close up. Um, what do you do? Where can people find you? Um, what services do you offer? Um, how can you help people, um, plug yourself if you will. Okay. I'm just seeing if anyone, if you guys have any questions before we go to ask them, um, I am Rachel Daniels. My website is www.therealloislane.com with one L. Um, and I have iron heroin, which is my clothing Merch company, uh, we've got hoodies, shirts, uh, all kinds of shit, and we have uh, new stuff coming out soon. And if you need posing, I am a new era posing coach. She's a I badass do, posing coach. Thank you. I do routines. I do mandatories. I have clients all over the world, so don't think you can't use me because you're not in Tampa. 99% of my clients are I've never met in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you need a routine or mandatories, I do all categories, male, female, every color and shape. So, um, yeah, and then if you're interested in being one of my nutrition or training clients, you can get that through my website as well, Um yeah, and if you just want to, like, send money to my house, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Rachel, for coming on the podcast. You know, we covered a lot of ground. We had a lot of humor. Um, we talked about some heavy stuff. You know, overall, I think this is probably one of my, the favorite epi- one of my favorite episodes I've ever done. Um, thank you so much. You shared some really, really good stories, a lot of valuable takeaways. Thank you so much for being vulnerable with us and telling us your story. Um, we're super excited to see how you do going forward. You know, we're all, we're sending you best of luck, um, in your prep efforts for your next shows. And we look forward to seeing you crush it at the next Olympia. Take it easy. Thanks.